Hey, how's it going, everybody? It is Noel here from Retro Noel, uh, my retro gaming channel. And today we're going to be starting episode one of our podcast called Pixel Patrol. I uh, I originally was going to have this podcast, uh, do this podcast with my buddy um, Matt, but I decided I kind of want to do it solo and have Matt and I have our own separate podcast. I'd like to have this podcast be more family friendly and have the other one be able to have us both kind of just fly off the handle and say whatever we want. So this one's going to be family friendly. You'll be able to listen to this around your friends and um, and family members. And we can talk about just games, game news. You know, if you want to listen to this with your kids, uh, if for some reason you and your children are listening, uh, you can. So anyways, let's get uh, started. My name, like I said, is Null, a.k.a. John. I run this channel, Retro Null, where we just do reviews video essays podcasts stuff like that anything retro or game collect more so game collecting related and yeah so uh, i want to keep the intro kind of quick so we can kind of get right into the podcast details uh, but thank you guys for coming and clicking on this and checking this out and hopefully we can keep this on going for a while a while i'd like to do this once a week just kind of sit down for an hour talk about game stuff game related stuff what i'm playing what i'm buying any new pickups stuff like that as well as different news articles, um, I you know that I've read or news that I just find in general. Uh, and some of the news I will be talking about, I will quote or like give credit to where I got it. Other stuff I've just seen like a billion people say it on Twitter, so I'm just gonna say it in general. But yeah, so welcome to Pixel Patrol, our my uh, game, my retro game collecting and video game collecting podcast. So let's get started. I was going to talk about uh, my gaming history. Um, I started playing games when I was a young kid. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to guesstimate like six six or seven, I'm going to say. Probably maybe even younger than that because I know I met my uh, friend Austin at seven. And I'd been playing Pokemon and for a while before I met him. So I'm not exactly sure. I could be six. I don't know. I... I couldn't read when I started playing video games and then I learned how to read. So, so that's kind of what happened. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember playing on our, I had like a nice upbringing with video games. Cause a, my dad is really into it. My dad is a game collector as well. He, uh, he owns way more games than I do. I have 300 games currently in my collection, like 305. And my dad has like 500 something, but so my dad's really into it too. And that's kind of how I got into it as a kid. And my dad always had like the newest system and upgraded his TVs and stuff like that. And I mean, we weren't like rich, but my dad worked really hard to make sure that we could have those things because that's what his hobby was as well. And, uh, yeah, so that was cool. We had always had like a, a newish TV, not like the best state of the art thousand dollar TV, but a new TV when HD TVs came out, we got a flat screen TV. Um, it wasn't like massive or anything. It was like, 28 or 30 inches or something but not, not like one of those 60 or 70 inch tvs but we we got one of those when those came out but anyways the point of what i'm trying to say is is i had started playing uh my dad had uh, i want to say i want to say we i grew up with the gamecube and yeah gamecube and playstation 2 is what i grew up with i remember playing crash bandicoot was like my first game i played i also remember playing wind waker uh, melee i remember playing all that when i was really young 
Um, I'm 23. I'll turn 24 this August. So, yeah, you know, that was, I don't remember, 2004 or 5 when those games came out. But, so I, I remember that. I remember there used to be this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat em up game um, that I used to play all the time. Even then, even when I played it back then, like, I was obsessed with the turtles, but, like, the me- the mechanics of the game, I don't know. I have a hard time with beat em ups, but I loved that game when I was a kid. I mean, you're a kid, you don't know no better, and you're, you know, you can't afford a million games to play whenever you want, so you kind of just play what you have, and that is cool. So, you know, you, you, it's cool to like get super deep in a game and learn like everything about it. So I don't know, like seven or six year old me could, I could fly through that TMNT game. Boy, I tell you what, I could go through that. But yeah, I, I, I remember playing Sly Cooper a lot. I played the first two or three or I, I can't remember the first, I know I played two of them on the PlayStation two and I played crash one through three and cause you could, you know, the PS2 was backwards compatible. So I played those. I remember playing um, Wrath of Cortex, which is interesting. I loved that game growing up, but now that I'm older and I'm watching like video essays on YouTube about like the history of games and these different, you know, because there's video essays on any game. You can type in literally any game. You can find a video essay on Kaboom for the Atari, like, and how good it was or how bad it was or how somebody feels about it. But so, I, you know, I'm watching these video essays and these Let's Plays of Wrath of Cortex as an adult, and I'm like, ugh, <laughs> like, people really hate this game. But I loved it at the time. I mean, you're a kid. You don't really have, you know, a sense of an opinion or really, like, a know what you're talking about when it comes to video game quality. So I loved that game. And then we got – I know we traded in the PS2 because the thing is my dad – my dad liked Nintendo a lot. That's his primary thing. Like, he's, he, even though he collects everything today, like, and now, he's still a primary Nintendo collector. He buys a lot of Nintendo stuff. And, uh, so my dad wanted to play these new Nintendo games when I was a kid. And so we traded in the PS2, swapped it for a GameCube, and had, like, Melee and Wind Waker and. I, I remember Wind Waker was what started my love for Zelda. It's not my favorite Zelda game, but it's what started my love for Zelda. Because I remember my dad, I was grounded at the time. I don't know what I did. I was a bad kid, but I, I got grounded at the time. And I was supposed to be outside doing yard work. I wasn't allowed to play any games. And um, I, I think I was eight or nine around this time. I don't really remember, but I was I went to break the leaves in the backyard and I go back inside and my dad's like hooking up the GameCube and stuff. I didn't know that he went to go get it. And I was like, oh man, like I really want to play. And my dad was like, you know what? Like uh, you can watch, watch me play. Cause I wasn't supposed to watch it either. I was in like big trouble. And uh, so I was watching him play. And then eventually my dad was like, you can just play. <laughs> just let me play, which is cool. I, re- I remember playing, um, playing wind waker and just being super psyched because a i was supposed to be grounded but b it was so good and i mean you know that's you know a classic nintendo game that you know we got to play on like launch or whatever so that was really cool um and then you know time goes on and i start you know twilight princess comes out and i love twilight Princess. that is my favorite zelda game right there and it's my favorite Zelda game purely from like nostalgia. Like I go back and I play it and I'm still like the same level of excited about it as I was when I was a kid. But just the dark tone of the game, you know, it it's like what being edgy back then was, you know, was Twilight Princess. But it was it because it, it, to me, like video games were always like, you know, 
colorful and fighting and jumping around and platforming and, and you know uh happy music and stuff and this game was like dark and broody and depressing and it showed that games could have depth and i really liked it like like the fact that the games could have depth and that really kicked off like my love of video games and ever since you know because i'd been playing video games but that really started like the obsession where I was like obsessed with beating games and playing different types of games and experiencing all these different like stories and stuff. Um, but yeah, and that just kind of kicked it off from there. Ever, ever then, ever since then it was like a, a ball, a ball that kept rolling down a hill. You know, I, I was obsessed with anything video game related. I liked collecting video game stuff. I remember I used to like collecting all kinds of dumb stuff, but I, I really like collecting that stuff and getting lost in these like fictional worlds and stuff. I'm also like a big uh, anime guy, and I was back then too. I used to get Shonen Jump magazines, and just like I don't know, escaping myself in all these different worlds was just so cool. And um, yeah, but that started my love for video games right there. And and we can talk about some of my favorite games of all time. Uh, I'd say. Twilight Princess is number one, which I just uh, said. Zelda is my favorite franchise of all time, and I want to make a more, maybe do a whole podcast episode, or maybe like a video essay on like my top ten favorite games of all time, or maybe I'll do both, where I can go like in depth and talk about it. I just don't have the right recording stuff to record console gameplay, like to be able to record like my Wii U and stuff to, because I bought the Twilight Princess remake or remaster, so I don't have the right tools to record console gameplay of that. But yeah, so Twilight Princess is number one for sure, for sure. I uh, you know Breath of the Wild is two for sure, and then I know I, I'm gonna I've committed a, gar, a cardinal sin. I've never played Ocarina of Time. Um, maybe on this channel in the future I'll do like a video essay about my experience with it because it's people are obsessed with Ocarina of Time, so it's like the best game ever made and stuff like that. But then you have people, internet personalities that kind of say, well, I think that that's a little overdone, and I. Th you know, I don't know. I've never played it. So getting, maybe getting my own opinion on it and playing it, which is a, a sin. The fact that I'm like a, a Zelda super mega fan and I've never played Ocarina of Time, you know, it's pretty bad. But anyways, yeah. So Twilight Princess, Breath of the Wild, uh, Bethesda RPGs are up there. Those are highly influential. I started playing Skyrim in 2010 or 11. I don't remember exactly when it came out. I want to say it came out in 2010, but I played it a little afterwards because I was a kid back, uh, you know, I was a middle schooler and I didn't pay attention. I didn't have these resources to pay attention to, uh, IGN and these, you know, game spot and pay attention to all these, uh, articles and release schedules. Now I do. Now I, uh, read articles about like release dates and stuff and keep an eye on the news. But back then, you know, you didn't. And I was at my friend's house babysitting his dog, Zach, hey, Zach. And, uh, his brother just said like, yeah, you know what? You can like play my PS3 and while you're watching the dogs, like, thanks for doing this or whatever. And left and I watched the dogs. I kind of just, the dogs just hung out with me in the room and I played Skyrim for the first time. I just fell in love with that game, man. That game was just so good. And I played it for like five or six hours and they came back. Thanks. Thank me for watching the dog. And I left and I managed to convince my parents to get me a used copy of Skyrim and that kind of like kicked off my love for Skyrim. But because I was falling in love with Skyrim so much, I wanted to play other Bethesda games. And I turned to Fallout New Vegas and started playing that. I bought that on Steam at the time. And 
God, man, I don't know. Like, I love Skyrim, and it definitely revolutionized how I feel about video games and RPGs, but Fallout just, to me, is way my favorites. I love Fallout way more than I love Elder Scrolls, and I love Elder Scrolls a lot. I mean, Elder Scrolls is above a lot of other game IP for me, but Fallout is just top of the line for me i the atmosphere listening to the old school music just the the gameplay loop is simple but fun and you can build your character in a variety of ways so you know especially in new vegas and three uh specifically new vegas is better i think but playing playing new vegas and having all these different options and being able to play and do whatever you want was really cool and i i enjoyed that a lot and became highly influential and i remember when fallout 4 was coming out fallout 4 was coming out during my senior year of high school at the time and god man 2016 i think and i went and i skipped a day of school i remember because i was in tech school i did a half a day at tech school and then i only had three periods at my main school it's just a vocational school and i was taking computer um computer it classes and I skipped and I told the, the instructor, like, I'm going to skip tomorrow. And the instructor looked up at me and he goes, oh, is it for Fallout 4? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah, it, it's for Fallout 4. And he goes, okay, that's fine. And <laughs> so I skipped. I skipped for Fallout 4. I played Fallout 4 and launch. That was super huge. Obviously, Fallout 4, people had their gripes with it. I thought it was good. Obviously, not as good as New Vegas. But there's a lot of quality of life issues. Don't even get me started on Fallout 76, which came out in... 2019 don't even get me started on that game but yeah so fallout but those rpgs are hugely influential um crash bandicoot like i said is huge i think crash bandicoot 4 the recent one is the best objective crash bandicoot game out of all of them i think it's so good it feels good it, you know it looks good I, I don't really care about graphics so much but it looks good and it feel it just feels really good to play. Obviously, modern you know technologies made game feel easier to achieve, but good game feel easier to achieve. But uh, man, it's just good. But I I love uh, like I said, Wrath of Cortex. I love I love Twin Sanity, but I never played it past the halfway point. Um, but I like the earlier levels of it. Crash one through three. I bought the remaster, and I own them all on PS one in the jewel case. Love those. Uh, I have like a Crash Bandicoot shrine with uh, statues and stuff. I love Crash Bandicoot. I love him as a character. I love his character design. And he's like one of the first IPs I ever fall in love with besides Zelda. Zelda. Because yeah, I fell in love with Crash even before I fell in love with Fallout. And I would rank Fallout above Crash. But this is more... this uh, And talking about these these games that I like is more so to give you guys an idea of like where my opinions stand and like... Because everybody has a different background, right? You know, so if you have a guy who plays RTSs and he's like, well, I don't like, uh, I don't like a hat in time or whatever, like a platforming game. It's like, well, you don't play those. So, you know what I mean? But I, I kind of have a wide background, but yeah. So Crash Bandicoot, I love Crash Bandicoot. Mario platformers, I love 2D and 3D Mario platformers. Um, I don't have an issue with either. I'll play either. They're both good. My favorite uh, from both. I would have to say Super Mario Brothers 3 for the 2D platformer. And I'd have to say for the 3D platformer. 
I love 64. I love 64 so much. I just beat Galaxy recently, and I absolutely adore and love Galaxy. But Mario 64 is just one of the most influential games of all time to me. I started playing it when I was really young um, with my dad. And uh, I, I just it's super, super influential uh, in my gaming career. I love Mario 64. I can go back and replay Mario 64 over and over and over again and not get sick of it because I just love Mario 64. Um, but I do think Galaxy and Odyssey are masterpieces. Uh, but 64 is just the nostalgic pick for me there. I love 64. Uh, next up, we'll go into Super Smash Brothers. Um, all of them, all of them are influential to me. My favorite one is Ultimate for sure. But I started playing in Melee, and then I kind of kept playing through the years and buying them, just playing them casually. But I got hyper competitive. During Smash 4 in 2015, I think. And I've been playing competitive since. I stopped playing in 2020. 2021 is when I quit. Um, I just couldn't make time to go to tournaments anymore. It's hard being an adult with a full-time job and going to tournaments every Thursday. Or Wednesday. And you have to work the next day. It's like, well, cool. I'll get out of work, rush over to the tournament, play, compete. You know what I mean? It's stressful to compete. I mean, it's fun. I loved it. It was... One of my, it was the long, one of the longest running things I ever did and, uh, like hobbies I ever had. And I competed every single week for five or six years or almost every single week for five or six years. And I loved it, but it, it got tiring. You know, once you're, you get out at six, you rush out of the tournament by six thirty, you play until 10 and then you leave and, uh, get home by 11 sometimes it was it's rough and you have to go right to bed and if you have responsibilities like dogs to take care of or you know you have a significant other i have a fiance then it gets even harder so but yeah so that uh but super smash brothers super super influential it got me really into competitive gaming and i had played league of legends in late middle school early high school and i still play today everyone like every once in a while not as obsessively as i used to but League of Legends kind of started my love for esports, but Smash Bros. like cemented it. I had favorite teams. I had favorite players. I followed the tournaments. I watched the major, super major tournaments, um, and I kept up with it. And that um, that was huge. I still keep an eye on Smash Bros. tournaments and watch them because I like to keep up with it. And Smash Brothers not only made my love for Smash Brothers huge, but the platform fighter genre huge. Like... I love Rivals of Ether, that Nick All-Stars Brawl game. I'm excited for... I got I alpha and beta tested multiverses. Um, it was amazing. So, it just really cemented I that I have that... And, and it taught me to the uh, fighting game players mentality. Because fighting game players just get their butts whipped over and over and over and over and over. Until they learn why they're losing. And then you slowly crawl let, like back and implement it into your... Uh, gameplay so but anyways yeah the smash brothers platform fighting genre super super influential super influential and yeah i love uh i still play all those different uh smash brothers fighters all right next game i want to talk about is minecraft minecraft uh super highly uh inf influential to me uh minecraft just i play that game i still play it every once in a while but 
I was a part of the Minecraft craze when it first started. I mean, I remember playing it in late alpha, early beta. I bought my copy for like five bucks from Notch. And then you just kind of played it. I mean, it played a huge part of my middle school career, high school career, because like I had depression. I was, uh, I had no friends because we'd moved. And so I spent all my time making friends and playing games on Minecraft and playing like survival games. And I met a bunch of friends there. And there's a Minecraft server I played on all the time that I loved. It was a towny server and you could just create towns and have there was an economy and there was nations and a government system and how we interacted with each other and how we played and uh yeah it was it was really fun i i missed that server sometimes because there's a lot of people that i talked to every day for five or six years that don't that i don't even know how they're doing anymore so yeah it really sucks um, but I, that was hugely influential and just, I, I've had like probably a billion single player worlds in my time and I just, it never gets old. There are times where I take breaks and then I go back to it and I still play it some more. So yeah, love Minecraft. And then, uh, first person shooters, Call of Duty played a big role in my love for first person shooters when growing up as I did, I as it did, I think for like everybody, but nowadays, uh, I, I play apex legends a lot and I enjoy, I just enjoy like, I like first person shooters, but I don't have like a specific one. Like I'll get in the mood to play a uh, FPS with a good game, like game feel and good, uh, shooting feel. And, uh, a lot of it, is either destiny two or or apex legends those are two really good ones um titanfall 2 was good i never really played it too much though and yeah but just fps's in general i'd say my go-to is apex legends but anyways let's get into some uh video game news this is a podcast now you guys kind of know my background with games, you'll know what my opinions are and like why I'm coming to these different opinions and how I feel and where they stem from. So that kind of sets up the basis as you, you know, you guys are going to start to learn who I am as a game collector and game player. But let's get into the news. Uh, so first off, uh, I, I saw multiple different sources on Twitter state that PlayStation is going to or might acquire Square Enix and uh, that's that's actually really interesting because Square Enix sold like half of their studios to Embracer Group earlier in May. Um, it was, I believe, like all the Western studios, I believe. Um, and if this is true, Sony would have like the whole Japanese, like half of Square Enix. So that would make like Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, Dragon Quest. Those would all be potential Sony exclusives, which... Would be huge, huge, and a major corner on the action Japanese RPG genre. Like they would just that would be insanity. I know Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a console exclusive, uh, just like Final Fantasy 7 remake was for a couple of years. But it'd be interesting because if they buy it, then that's a permanent exclusive, which would be crazy to you know see Square Enix games not coming to multiplayer anymore. Uh, there's a few games I wanted to hit on from the Nintendo Indie Direct as well. Seemed very interesting. Um, there wasn't too much in the Direct that I saw that I would liked, but I kind of wanted to go over it. 
Uh, there's a game called Ooblets, which is a creature collecting farming game where the battling system is like dance battles. It looks really interesting. It's coming this summer. I don't know uh, if I'll get that because um, obviously these are all digital only right now. Um, but if I saw a physical, I'd probably pick it up. But I don't know. It, it'd have to get really good reviews for me to jump and buy that digitally. Um, Alekhead, uh, E-L-E-C-H-E-A-D, Alekhead, is a, puzzle, a puzzle platformer where you're a strange, like, battery-looking guy, and your electricity can turn platforms and other things on or off. Looks really good. It looks, I like the graphical style. It's like an old-school um, graphical style. I like that a lot. This is, I might just jump and get it digitally. I do really hope that Limited Run does a physical of this, um, and if they did, I would jump on it because it looks really, really good. Um, so I'm, I'm very, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for reviews and gameplay footage of that game. Uh, Mini Motorways is a puzzle game where you try to fix traffic jams. It looks super fun. I don't know if I'll get this again. This is going to be a wait and see impressions game. I'm not as sold on it as I am a lackhead. Next game, Cult of the Lamb. Um, like I said, this is a family gaming podcast, but I'm going to talk about uh, Cult of the Lamb. It's an indie game that was in the direct. It's like my, I think Cold of the Lamb is going to be my most anticipated indie game of the year. I'm super pumped for it. It's a roguelike dungeon crawling animal crossing simulator where you're like cultists and you like sacrifice animals, but you are the cult, you are animals. So you're like a lamb cult that like i don't know you're like woodland animals sacrificing other woodland animals for this cult but you like make like a town out of it and you do like dun like binding of isaac dungeons um and like roguelike gameplay i'm really excited for that that's my super pump it looks really good um obviously uh the theme is not very family friendly but i am i'm really pumped for that game it looks like it's gonna be really fun gameplay wise and the graphics look really clean Last one that I lo that looked good from that indie direct was another crab's treasure. It's a Souls-like game where you're a hermit crab trying to get a shell back. I think this is a really fun idea. I think this is a really original idea, uh, but I will not be playing it because I hate Souls games. We'll go into that in a minute. But yeah, it looks good. I can see if you're a Souls fan that you would love this. And uh, I believe it's Switch exclusive, but I'm not sure. Um, let's get into some other upcoming video games releases. Other video game releases I'm excited for. These are more... Tr mm, I don't know if AAA is the term, but... They're bit not indie, so it could be AA or AAA, I don't know. A Mario Rabbids Spark of Hope. I loved Mario Rabbids one. I never finished the game because... I don't know, like, I didn't like how they did some of the health systems. Like, I got to the final boss fight, or the boss fight right before... The final boss fight is like a three-fight gauntlet, but there's no healing items in between each fight. And to heal, you'd have to switch to, like, easy mode. And once you did, you can switch back. I didn't want to do that. So I quit before the final fight, like, two fights before. But I thought it was really good. I loved it. I played the crap out of it. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Multiverses, I believe the full game, or at least the full free beta, is going to start this summer. Uh, Multiverses is a Warner Brothers-based platform crossover fighter with characters like Batman... Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry, Arya Stark, uh, Steven Universe, Finn, the human, Jake the dog. It's a really cool 
way for Warner Brothers to kind of extract value out of these IP that they hold in a way that I think people are going to be supportive of. And the reception on Twitter looks highly supportive of this, uh, which makes me very happy. It looks, and I've been beta testing it. I played in the alpha or whatever, the, the private alpha, and then I played in this, in this semi-private beta. You, you can stream footage and talk about this beta and, uh, and they even give you extra codes to send to your friends. But the other one was like a private one. We got emails about, and you know, I couldn't state publicly talk about what we were playing, but, um, I, in the beta that is happening right now, uh, I've been playing it a lot and I really like it. I think it's very fun. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm excited for it. I'm getting other people excited for it. And I can't wait for it to come out, and that'll be a game where I actually grind and buy the battle pass and play the battle pass. I think that's going to be um, a fun experience. I'm excited for that. Next up, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. I pre-ordered both these games already. Uh, very, very, very excited for this. I 100%ed Pokemon Legends Arceus, and I love this new open-world, free-form Pokemon gameplay loop that they're doing to kind of reinvigorate interest in the ip i think that's really good i uh, as a long time pokemon fan like i said i've been playing pokemon since i was six or seven uh this is very very good i'm very happy with this i'm excited for this i'm excited to have new pokemon in a new region they uh rumor has it that it's based in spain so it's going to be really interesting and i love that pokemon is the stylistic choices, some of the things you saw in the trailer looked really cool. Um, I'm excited to see what regional variants there are. I'm excited to see what new Pokemon there are. The the starters look good. I believe it's um, their names are Foycoco, Quaxley, and Spriggan or something like that. The Grass Cat. I don't know. Um, Foycoco will be my starter, by the way. Fire Dinosaur all the way, baby. But yeah, really excited for that. Uh, next, we're going to talk about um, Hogwarts Legacy. Um, I, I pre-ordered the PS5 version already. Uh, we don't know exactly when it's going to come out, but the they released, um, IGN talked about today, not today, yesterday at the time of recording, I'm not sure, that there's going to be special PS5 DualSense features, like haptic feedback um, on certain sequences in the game, as well as the tension triggers on certain spells that you cast. Um, and your controller will also, which I don't think is exclusive to just the DualSense. I'm pretty sure the DualShock 4 will be able to do this as well. But whatever house that you get put in, so if you get put in Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin, your light bar on your controller will glow that color. So if you get put in Gryffindor, it'll glow red or Slytherin will glow green. Um, cool little features to have for the game to just increase your experience with it. Nothing like crazy though. Uh, I think Hogwarts Legacy has the potential to be the biggest, one of the biggest or one of the biggest games of the year. I don't think it's going to be Elden Ring um, in terms of notoriety. That game got it like a 98 out of 100 or something. But I do think it has potential to be one of the biggest action RPGs of the year. If not the biggest action RPG of the year. Uh, it's going to be open world, I think. Like, I think Hogwarts is, like, your hub, and Hogwarts is massive, by the way, from the looks of it. But Hogwarts is your hub, and then you can explore around Hogwarts in an open-world setting, I believe, is what there is what is happening. I'm not exactly 100%. Don't, don't, don't roast me, guys. But I don't think that that is 100% true. I don't know. 
like I said, I, am I a developer? No, I make, I'm making this. So I don't know. I don't know. But it looks like that to me. So it is a, uh, something I've ascertained on my own, uh, which I believe is the correct pronunciation of that. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Star Wars KOTOR remake. Um, all the games I've been listing so far are games that are coming out this year. I believe KOTOR remakes coming out this year. I think. I don't think they said that, though. But I thought Rumor had it that KOTOR, KOTOR remake was coming out this year. Um, Star Wars Knights of the Republic remake. I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. I have to look that up. But I don't... I'm not sure. We're going to say maybe. But that, I'm, I'm super excited for the KOTOR remake. Because I'm, I'm wondering... If, because as you guys know, Disney, or if you don't know, Disney purchased Star Wars, um, obviously, duh. and when they did that, they wiped out all of the extended universe um, and made it non-canon. So games like Star Wars Unleashed and Knights of the Old Republic um, were considered non-canon now. So the the story of Knights of the Old Republic doesn't really matter to the overarch. I mean, it's a cool experience. Obviously, I'm gonna play. I haven't played Kotor yet, the originals, but I will. But the so the stories of those games don't matter in the grand overarching story of Star Wars, and they're not in the official timeline. But this remake, I'm curious if they're gonna make this canon or not. Because if they do, that changes everything. Um, I know that in episode nine they hint they hinted or referenced Revan. I believe his name was one of the legions because they he named every Palpatine and nine spoiler uh, named every legion of his army after a Sith Lord. So there was like Bane and stuff, but there one of them was named Revan. So I'm curious if Kotor remake will make Revan canon, or if Star Wars Acolyte will end up doing that. I don't know. It would make sense to make it have a remake be canon because at that point when the main games just be canon, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if this game's canon or not, but I'm really excited for it. I love Star Wars. It's one of my favorite IPs of all time. I mean, my username on a lot of things is has Sith in it, and I'm a Marvel fan, which is why my name's Noel. So I love Marvel and Star Wars, um, so I'm excited for KOTOR remake, and I'm also excited for um, Spider-Man 2, uh, PlayStation exclusive. I think they said it's going to be a PS5 exclusive. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I think it's PS5 exclusive. Uh, so I'm really excited for that. Uh, Venom. Venom is my favorite comic book character of all time. Um, I named myself Null after one of the biggest uh, Venom villain, Marvel villains in general. But the biggest Venom villain, which is Null, god of the symbiotes. Um, I love Venom. Venom's awesome. And he's going to be, I think, the main antagonist of Spider-Man 2. I hope that they turn him into his own like anti-hero and make his own games. Uh, that would be crazy to see an Insomniac made Spider-Man or not Spider-Man because they made that already. A uh, Venom game. That'll be really cool. I hope that they do that, but I don't think they I don't know. That's hopeful, hopeful, hopeful thinking, <laughs> but I'm excited for that. I'm also excited for the Insomniac Wolverine game. It's going to be rated M. That's going to be really interesting. I hope it's good. I really hope it's good. There's that one random, I think it was Wolverine Origins, was just like a random movie tie-in game they did for Wolverine that ended up being like super good. But I think this game is going to be more in the vein of Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man 2. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be open world. If it's linear, they're going to have to, I don't know, you know, because Insomniac lately has been doing open world stuff. I don't know 
if they're going to, I think they've always done open world or mainly done open world recently within the past eight years, but eight years or so, I don't know. I can't say 10 cause I'm not sure, but, uh, so I don't know if it's going to be open world or we don't know anything about it, but it'd be cool to see an open world Wolverine game where you can like scale buildings with your adamantium claws. That's going to be cool. So we'll see. We'll see there. I'm not sure, but I'm excited for both of those more. So Spider-Man two, Next game, um, PS5 update for Witcher 3. I played and beat The Witcher 3 on my PC, but I never played the DLCs. And um, you're gonna, I'm going to talk about my new pickups later on in the podcast, but I had recently picked up Witcher 3 uh, Wild Hunt for the PS4 with all the DLCs. Um, and this is cool because I'm hoping I'll get the free PS5 update because I own the PS4 copy. But if not, I might just jump and buy a physical version of the PS5 Witcher 3. But it's going to be cool to experience the game again. I've been kind of itching to play it again, but itching it, itching it, itching the, I'm itching my Witcher 3 disc. No, but I'm itching to play it in 4K 60 frame if, if the PS5 update's good and they don't cyberpunk it. But I don't, but it sucks that we have to say that about um, CD Projekt Red, who developed Cyberpunk 2077 as well as the Witcher 3. Um, Cyberpunk ruined their reputation after after it came out, which is sad because they were so highly regarded with The Witcher 3. But anyways, hopefully the PS5 update's good for it. I'm going to wait to replay The Witcher 3 until that comes out, So, but I am excited for that. Next is uh, Breath of the Wild sequel. We're going to be talking about that for a second. That's my most anticipated game of the year. Um, so far Nintendo hasn't gone really into any more detail about it and Nintendo hasn't really gone into more detail about first party stuff anyways. I know Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is coming out, but that doesn't look interesting and I'm hoping for a 3D Mario, like a Mario Odyssey 2 soon because that game was a banger, but you know, we don't know. And, um, sorry if you can hear me dinking around, my, my pop filter is acting weird. Anyways, uh... (laughs) The uh, we don't know anything about Odyssey two. If there's gonna be a 3D Mario, that would be on this list if that was there, but it's not. So all we have is Breath of the Wild sequel, uh, which is my most anticipated game of the year. I think uh, Breath of the Wild two is gonna be good. I just hope that they don't mess it up because if they mess it up, then they ruin the reputation of this IP. Not not the Zelda IP, but the Breath of the Wild like series. I really hope they don't mess it up. I hope it's really good. But we will see. We will see. That is my most anticipated game of the year. Um, I think it's going to be a masterpiece, like I just said. And I think... I'm, I just don't know. The thing I'm iffy on is that we know Link is all messed up. He looks all hit and destroyed. <laughs> he, his arm's all messed up. We know the Master Sword's destroyed. Uh, and he's in the sky doing dungeons in the sky. And I'm curious as to how that'll work. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, that's all the news stuff and upcoming games that I'm excited for. Um, oh yeah, really quick. I just saw this. Uh, PlayStation Studios is going to invest in a big new IP IGN reports. I don't know. We obviously don't know anything about it, but yeah. Alright, let's go into some retro game stuff. I don't really have much to say in this segment um, today, but I do want to say that I did... I have been playing Mario Galaxy, which is on the Wii, which is considered retro now. Crazy, I know. But uh, I beat Mario Galaxy, and uh, it's super fun. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, it's definitely up there. I absolutely adore that game. 
And yeah, but that's it for the retro news. Uh, what I've been playing lately, we're going to go into now. Uh, I have lately been playing uh, the Multiverses beta test. I've been playing that a lot. Really fun, really good. Um, I invited my uh, one of my buddies to play with me. So that's going to be cool. Because I got an email for a bunch of codes. Uh, Mario Galaxy, obviously, I just beat it. Um, I rage quit Elden Ring. So earlier when I said I hate Souls games, um, I have no experience with Souls games. But I played Elden Ring for the, which is my first ever Souls experience, and it got such good reviews. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this game. This looks sick. And um, I ended up hating it. It was absolutely awful. And uh, I rage quit. I was pissed that I spent money on it, and I. I raged in front of my fiance. I stood up. I quit the game. I took it out of my PS5, closed the thing, you know, closed the case, brought it to GameStop, traded it in, and got Ghostwire Tokyo and Horizon Forbidden West out of it. So, not Horizon Forbidden West. Um, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Sorry. But yeah, so screw Elden Ring. Anyways, uh, also, I've been playing Kenneth Bridge of Spirits. <laughs> uh, nice quick little game. I'm like three hours in, so I'm like three tenths of the way through it. It's like a 10 hour experience, I guess. Um, I'm having a lot of fun, and the game is just beautiful. I mean, it's it looks like you're playing through a Pixar animated film. It's really good uh, design wise, visually, very good. Uh, gameplay wise, it's nice, it's fun, it's quick, it's snappy. The hits are really snappy. Um, it's got it's 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 like Breath of the Wild and Jedi Fallen Order gameplay. It's really good. I like it. Um, and let's get into some new pickups really quick. This will be the last uh, segment, pre-planned uh, segment. Um, so I picked up uh, J Star's Victory Versus Plus. It's like uh, anime fighting game, but instead of it just being like Dragon Ball Naruto and one Piece, it's like all kinds of different characters. So it's got Dragon Ball, Naruto, One Piece, um, Hunter Hunter, Assassinate, Assassin's Classroom, or whatever. Um, a lot of shonen. It's a sh it's basically just a massive shonen fighter. There's like 40 or 50 playable fighters, and then like 60 assist characters or something like that. I don't know. It's crazy. I think Boba Bo 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 is in it, and a bunch of other these crazy anime characters. Um, I know that Ariel. One of the Akira Toriyama characters is in it. So, really cool. I'm excited to play that. It was a, It's a rare game. Um, it goes for like 20, 25 bucks when I looked last. And I picked it up for like 10. So, good pickup. Um, it's not like highly rated. But I like anime fighters. So, you know, I'll put it in. Play it for a couple hours every once in a while. To get my value out of it that way. So, excited to play that. Uh, Witcher 3. Wild Hunt on the PS4. I mentioned this earlier, but going to kind of wait to play that now until the PS5 update. I got Deus Ex Mankind Divided on PS4 as well. Uh, excited to play this. I just beat Bioshock. I'm working on a review on it right now, actually, factually. And I'm excited to finish that review. It's taking forever to make because it's, it's going to be like the highest quality video I've ever made in my career on YouTube. Because I've had billions of other channels I've been working on since I was a kid. But this review is like the hardest thing I've ever edited. And I want it to be like perfect. Um, and since it's going to be like my breakout review. I'm taking my time on it. Next is. Um, 
Also, I don't want to overhype it. Let me wait, wait, pause. I don't want to overhype the review. I, I hope it's good. I hope you guys like it. But it's not. I'm already finding issues with it. But there, some of them are unavoidable with the resources I have. So, and my inexperience. But I'm working on it. We're gonna work on it. Inexperience is not an excuse. But I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, I could have done that so much better. Anyways, next game. Oh, no, wait, Deus Ex, Deus Ex, Bioshock. Uh, I played Bioshock. Bioshock is an uh, immersive sim game. So I started doing research into the immersive sim genre, and Deus Ex Mankind Divided is, like, one of the highest rated ones. Um, there's a couple other games I want to get because of the immersive sim, like, gameplay style, uh, like Prey and stuff, but Deus Ex was, like, highly regarded, so I picked up Deus Ex Mankind Divided to play and test it out and see if I like it. It's kind of like a cyber, cyber futuristic theme excited to try it out uh, i'm currently playing but i also recently got kind of bridge of spirits for the playstation 5 um i like it a lot it looks good so far um yeah i talked about it earlier next is ghostwire tokyo i originally was not going to get this game for that purchase for that month or whatever um i i I was not going to get the game. I skipped on it, but I hated Elden Ring so much that is primarily what the money went from that to get is Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, because I was going to just trade it in and save the money for like another game. But I'd been recently listening to a lot of podcasts and like sacred symbols and listening to a lot of YouTubers talk about how much they like Ghostwire Tokyo and how underrated it is. So I was like, you know what? I think Elden Ring is overrated. I'm going to trade in, get Ghostwire Tokyo, which is going to be the last like Bethesda game on PlayStation. And uh, I'm going to play it and see if it's good or not. It's like a single player open world romp in an abandoned Tokyo or like a haunted Tokyo. It looks really cool. I like the style. I like the setting. I like the music. I like the theming. Um, the story is kind of, you know, whatever to me. I don't really care too much, but overall it looks interesting. I'm excited to play that. It's going to be a quick game too, like 10 or 13 hours from what I read. Um, and then last but not least horizon forbidden west i have been waiting to play this game uh, my fiance likes horizon a lot uh, she watched me play horizon for um zero dawn when that came out and that was like right in our relationship I, we started dating in 2016 uh or yeah late 2016 no early 2016 no early 17 we started dating early 17 horizon came out midway through i don't know why i thought we did in 16 i wasn't even out of high school that would have been illegal but <laughs> no uh, so it was mid horizon came out the same month as oh no okay we started dating in march horizon came out in april i believe horizon zero dawn um and she watched me play that and like liked the story a lot and got mad at me if i didn't play it without her around so I, we're gonna be playing Horizon Forbidden West together. She's gonna be watching as I play and stuff, um, and for the story. And the only reason I haven't started it yet is because it's like thirty or forty hours, and I don't, I just don't have the time right now. So I'm waiting to like a less busy time, and I'm gonna play it then. So we'll see, we'll see. I think it's gonna be fun though. I'm excited for it. But yeah, so that's about everything. I talked about some of my favorite games of all time, uh, my gaming history. I talked about the news for a little while um, and some of the games that are coming out that I'm excited for. I talked about what I'm playing, pickups. I think we did a good job. I think we did a good job for my first solo podcast.
not gonna lie, my throat hurts after talking for 47 minutes nonstop. I'm gonna need to get some wawa after this, some water, and uh, I will make sure I have it with me the next episode we record next week. Um, I'm gonna keep a compiled list of anything that happens throughout the next week and keep it written down. Um, and yeah, you know what? Let's check Twitter live really quick and see if anything's happening on the timeline. Any gaming news I can report on right now. Uh, IGN reports that The Witcher 4 has entered pre-production. That is, that is what I am saying. The Witcher 4 has been entered into pre-production and according to uh at next gen player on twitter who talks about uh video game stuff he linked a game game radar game radar article saying uh god of war ragnarok has been rated in korea so it seems like god of war ragnarok is coming out this year um i'm not too excited about that game but it is a highly anticipated title so but yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening and watching. I'm excited to do this solo podcast. Uh, originally, Pixel Patrol is going to be, like I said, with me and my friend Matt. But he, we have like a comedy style when we're together that is not family friendly. And I wanted to do a family friendly cast. So we're going to have uh, Thumb and Null, or Null and Thumb, one or the other, um, podcast where him and I just, you know, talk crap. And, you know, make jokes and say whatever we want and stuff like that. And then this will be like a good family-friendly podcast where we just talk about game, video game collecting and news. So if you're interested in seeing me have a little bit more of a potty mouth and you want to watch uh, my, me and my buddy, uh, Matt, he's really funny. Go, go check that episode out. I don't know if that'll be out before or after this. I think I kind of want this to be my debut. And then... Um, yeah, and then keep an eye out for reviews and other content that we're doing. Um, yeah, thank you guys for watching. I really appreciate it, and we'll see you guys next time. Or I will see you guys next time. See you guys. Thank you.